The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 98. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm your host, Benny Lewis, and I'm joined by Shannon Kennedy. Hello. And we're going to do something a little different today. Uh, we, I think it's a good idea to touch base and catch you guys up on how both Shannon and I are doing nowadays with our current language projects. And uh, I think that'll kind of give you guys good perspective as you're continuing to listen to the lessons we did have our own dedicated interviews at the very, very start of the podcast. Uh, but of course, that was uh, a while back. So I figure it's important to do that. So uh, Shannon, like just to jump in, like what have you been working on lately and how has your language learning changed over the last couple of years? That's a really good question. So over the last year, since we did our last podcast episode like this. And and I think it's really good to kind of give people perspective on what you and I are doing and what that looks like over a year, how that evolves, how that changes, because even in just a year, what we're doing can change quite a bit. Um, for me, I always say that I'm done learning new languages and then work ends up saying, we need you to learn this other language. So this last year, I've been pretty focused on learning Portuguese in the later part of the year. I started around September, October, learning the language. And so that's my 16th language um, and it's a completely new to me language. And so I've encountered quite a few things with it. It's been a while since I've learned a language that's closely related to another language that I know because um, I'm coming from Hebrew, Persian, Norwegian, Korean, Japanese. Those are all some of my more recent languages and they're all completely unrelated to almost anything really. And um, at least that I've studied. So I've had the advantage of learning something drastically different. So I haven't had to deal with interference as much. Whereas with Portuguese, um, it is my now I because I speak French, Spanish and German, my fourth uh, Italian too, my fifth kind of major European language. And so that shares a lot of similarities. And I've encountered issues with um, interference a lot more. And so learning how to overcome my natural desire to speak uh, Portunal, <laughs> as you know, Benny, and um, cheating quite a bit with my Spanish to speak Portuguese. I mean, it's given me a huge leg up. I, my very first lesson, I was able to have an hour long conversation in Portuguese, of course, with a lot of Spanish creeping in just because it's so closely related. But um, working on that and then also Portuguese pronunciation compared to all of the other European languages is not what you would expect. And so what you see is not quite what you get. Um, it is once you learn it really, but it's been, that's been a little confusing for me. So uh, working through those sorts of things with my languages has really been the focus for me. And then of course, maintaining the languages that I need or want to maintain for work as well, because I do deal regularly in Japanese, French, and Spanish. Um, so keeping those languages up. And then of course, my personal uh, favorites, which are Hungarian, Croatian, and, and Russian. So that's, that's where I'm at. How about you, Benny? What have you been up to this last year? So uh, the, these last years in general, and then this last year more so, have been uh, a kind of a big recovery period for me after a very, very difficult period in my life. And I think uh, one year ago, I was still at the point where I was riding off the momentum of the first uh, I want to say 12 years of my uh, travels and language learning. And 
I had pushed my languages up to a decent level and a very high level in several languages in that stage. But then I moved to America and I had a life that was, um, I was not embracing language learning as a part of it. So up to a year ago, I was losing my momentum, but I was accepting that I needed this time to recover. Now, fortunately, this last year, I finally reached the stage where I feel I have a certain level of mental health recovery that I am ready to dive back into things. And I had actual projects again. So I had a project to get ready to go to the Gale Talked in Ireland. And I was successful with that and actually using my Irish. And it was a completely different experience to when I did it, um, I think, two or three years ago, uh, when I was at the peak of just feeling really miserable. And uh, like for anyone listening, I'm sure many people have gone through mental health struggles. Uh, it doesn't have to define you. Like if you feel like you're a big failure right now, that's certainly how I was feeling. But if you can give yourself a break and I gave myself that break, you can recharge your batteries and come back to it later. And I'm very glad I did that because even though I had to spend several years feeling like I'm only a semi polyglot because I, I do speak all these languages, but I'm not really maintaining them and I'm not living a life that's, uh, that was, uh, emphasizing them. That was a very hard pill to swallow, but by being okay with that in, uh, in terms of allowing myself to recover, I have got that energy back. So moving on from the Spanish, I planned for a whole month in Mexico and I dived into that and I got loads of great uh, progress with uh, Mexican Spanish in particular. And I had an absolutely lovely experience in Mexico with uh, people helping me with true cultural immersion, making new friends, experiencing Day of the Dead. So that experience in Mexico pushed me over the edge and showed me now I am ready to actually return to the nomadic polyglot life that defined everything about what people know about me from all my travels and language learning. I'm finally ready to return to that. And Mexico was a little dipping my toes in the water water with that. And that's kind of pinpointed me deciding when I'm going to be like wrapping up my lease. And as this is going live, um, I'll be just about ready to, uh, to leave my house and I'll be getting ready for a little road trip in the States and then heading to Brazil. So in terms of my current project, similar to you, it's Portuguese. Um, but my situation with Portuguese is quite different because it's always been one of my favorite languages and one of my better languages. Um, but I've mainly used it in very uh, casual contexts. And uh, the publisher of my books in Brazil has translated all of the original four language hacking books to Portuguese. And they've confirmed they're going to help me do a book tour. So what this means is I have to uh, present on stage and I have to answer complicated questions and I have to give somewhat kind of like TED talk style. Here's how you learn a language, but in Portuguese. And that is uh, a bit of a ways beyond what I had done before. I've never had any formal education in Portuguese like I've had in Spanish or French or other languages, but it's still one of the languages I enjoy the most. And on top of that, just like as part of, like I said, easing myself back into the polyglot life, I, I think Brazil is just such a wonderful choice as a first country because there are other countries I definitely want to go to and other languages I want to both truly reactivate 
and learn new languages, but I can see absolute challenges coming in for those experiences. Uh, whereas in Brazil, they are one of the most encouraging countries in the world. And I think after my ego taking a little bit of a, a kick in the last few years, it's going to it's gonna help me get my a lot of my confidence back because I know Brazilians are going to give me endless streams of, of compliments of how good my Portuguese is. I mean, they would do that even if you're an absolute beginner, but you still, you kind of do take that with you. And that's um, something that is going to help me as I continue to feel like I'm recharging those batteries. And then as I leave Brazil, I'll get back into brand new language projects. And I am really, really excited for the the next uh, next few years because it's going to be doing what I used to do that made me the happiest parts of my life that I'm going to be able to emulate that again. I'm very appreciative that despite what I've been through, I am able to essentially reset everything and uh, take it up again. Some big, big, big changes on the horizon for me, but similar to you, it's uh, Portuguese has been the the one that is going to shine most for me uh, coming up. And uh, I guess like in the last year, have you um, have you changed your strategy at all? Have you learned something about yourself uh, that uh, has kind of altered how you go through language learning that wouldn't have been the same like years before? I think the thing that I really kind of settled on this year, and you've probably heard me talk about it before on some of the earlier podcast episodes, is this idea of consolidation and this is where essentially we're getting input and we're learning with all of these different various resources, but they kind of stay isolated. They never really come together. And so for me, figuring out ways to bring them all together and then work on that material so that I really make it my own. And it's not just like this abstract thing that's hidden away in a notebook somewhere uh, is, is really what's not necessarily changed for me, but I've refined it a bit more than what I was doing in the past. Um, so essentially, I just have a system for collecting all of the various notes and revisions and things that I've amassed in my different languages over the year. And I, I stick them all in one place. So that way it's accessible in that way. I review it. I clean up the list um, so that it's really things that are extremely relevant to me. But other than that, the, the one thing that's always been true for me and continued to be true for me this year is just the power of consistency. I study very consistently. I have like a almost 690 day streak. I think it'll probably be more than that by the time this episode comes out for some of my languages. And it really shows because, you know, I'm just studying vocabulary regularly, but because I'm doing it so consistently and I'm getting through so much, when I show up to my lessons and I speak, my teachers notice a big difference, especially if there's like a gap between our lessons. They'll be like, wow, you've really been working on your Russian, for example. I could tell you're remembering these words you couldn't remember before. And that's because of that consistent practice. So I would say consolidation and consistency are my two for this year. How about you, Benny? So like one year ago, before I felt like I was getting this uh, this new wave of energy, I was testing out a few things and I found that I was trying to see if during this, the, during the pandemic, I could like take advantage of I'm stuck at home. Can I do lots of studying and push the languages up? And ultimately I, I found that what has worked for me, I mean, it's been the reason Fluent in Three Months exists in the first place is I need projects. I need goals. I need something I'm working towards that's a very 
real thing uh, that I'm actually going to use the language. And this is a bit of a challenge because I know for a lot of language learners that uh, they can find intrinsic value in the language itself. And we've interviewed countless people who are truly passionate about learning languages. And for me, I was kind of fighting against uh, my true nature and seeing, you know, languages are important for me. They're uh, part of my work. They're part of my life. So surely I could just sit down and and study for a while. And I tried to come up with a plan of action where I would do a different language every day um, that like I've seen many other polyglots do. And ultimately it just wasn't working out for me. And what I've found in the last year is truly being okay with the fact that my ADHD brain needs urgency. And you know, I could complain about that. I can say it sucks for me that I'm not like other polyglots who can just create this consistency and are just, they care about the language regardless. I need to know that I'm going to be using that language and that pushes me and urges me to be working on it. And that's why going to uh, Ireland and going to Mexico and Spain uh, were just so crucial. And like here in Austin, going to events um, with deaf people kind of pushed me to use my American Sign Language and now going to Brazil. And like uh, something like the last couple of years where travel was difficult uh, shows me that like, unfortunately, that's just going to make my my life a lot harder with language learning because I, I need to be traveling. I need to be looking towards going to other cultures. And I found in the last year that that is something that's very true for me. If something like this ever happens again and I'm stuck at home for whatever reason, uh, I would need to find some form of, uh, like I'd need to have tried a lot harder than I was trying in, in Austin, although Austin is not a very international city. So definitely not a good spot for polyglots. It's a good pl- spot for entrepreneurs but not a good spot for people to practice languages. So if I was somewhere that, uh, uh, if I were somewhere that were a bit more uh, helpful for that, I would go out of my way to go to events and try to meet people and work towards conversing with them. And that's kind of what I've learned this last year that I like, you know, I, I know you've got a good collection of books. I I went back to Ireland to get all my old books that I had accumulated for my travels. I brought them to Austin and I never used any of them unless it was just for the project I'm about to work on. Like I'm about to go to Spain or I'm about to, uh, like I reworked my Catalan even before I went to Mallorca. I found that without that sense of urgency, I, um, I, I just wasn't touching any of those books, which is very unfortunate. And I'd love to, to be a book, a bookworm. I'd love to just have that, that drive and, uh, I would be a better language learner if I was consistently studying these things. But my reality is that I need that sense of urgency. And uh, that is going to be something I can take advantage of for these coming years. So I can be a stronger polyglot. And I've just decided that uh, in this last year, I can't push against that. I have to accept that I was never that studious. I was never that amazing a student with anything except for mathematics. So I can only do things if... I have a fire under my ass driving me to do those. So that's been one of my big lessons for me in the last year. And in terms of uh, with your uh, personal life, like have uh, challenges with children and things kind of introduced new issues for you and how have you dealt with that? 
So as you know, Benny, I've had a lot happen this last year, um, and it absolutely has. It kind of brings me back to something that um, you had mentioned in one of your earlier answers that I think it's really important for us to touch on, um, given the way that things have just been the last two years. Um, I think a lot of us have been forced to kind of think about our mental health in ways that we hadn't before. And we've struggled with our mental health in ways that maybe we were able to mask or hadn't encountered in the past. And so uh, I think this has been a really good period for like introspection and for looking at these sorts of things and actually dealing with these things that we've maybe ignored or haven't had to, or, you know, just kind of pushed through in the past. And in dealing with some of the stuff that I've had, that, that I've faced in my personal life this year, having, like you said, systems for pushing through and, you know, not letting my life fall apart because things are not necessarily going well. Having, like I said, the consistency, it's like having a system. So there's set things that I do each day. Um, that's like my bare minimum. And I, maybe that's my takeaway is like having a bare minimum. So it's like for those days that you don't feel like you could do the full task or those days that you aren't motivated to go and do the full thing, just doing like something small so that you still have a touch point with your language and not even necessarily language, just things that are important to you. Having just like a system in place so that no matter what you get to it, um, that would be one of the things for me um, that I've kind of built up in the last year or so to make sure that I can do what I need to do. The other is figuring out ways to kind of work through what I'm going through so that it doesn't overwhelm me. So I've taken up a lot of things. I've focused a lot more on my physical health in this last year, modifying what I'm eating so that I'm not putting things into my body that are not contributing to how I'm feeling. Um, I work out a lot more, which I already, as you know, Benny, worked out quite a bit. I uh, have experimented with like a journaling practice. I've experimented with meditation this last year, um, you know, talking to a counselor, all sorts of things um, and figuring out what works for me so that I'm not in my own head and I'm not trying to brute force my way through it alone. And so that I'm getting an outside perspective and so that I'm processing some of the things that I'm experiencing so that I have a healthy outlet for it. Um, I'm working on it and I'm not ignoring it or like, you know, just not facing the things and, and, and working through the things that are going on. And also just trying not to let it totally become who I am. Like it's a part, it's something because and that's what can happen is a lot of the time, like especially with what happened with me, like a chain reaction of like just a bad string of luck um, in my personal life, just things like completely out of my control that just sucked to be honest. And like you can't control it. And so like accepting that you can't control it, trying to find the humor and the positive in some of the things, um, trying to like not just like wallow in it and and have that be like this is my life now like this is you know I just am the person that bad things happen to or you know anything like that it's like it's not it's just it all laid out that way it was chance out of my control like I didn't do something bad that caused these these things and it's easy to think like what did I do to deserve this and having some way to process it so that you don't end up in that place and I'm still refining this system. Um, I'm still working on it, still trying to figure out exactly what the right thing 
is for me what combination of things that I need. But um, what it usually is, is writing music. So I've been writing a lot more music. And and the way that fits into language for me is that when I sing something, I try to also sing in the other languages, translate the lyrics, work on it, um, listen to music in other languages to get some inspiration for the things that I'm working on myself. And also in the when you work on music, you end up collaborating with people. And in collaborating with people, you have a network, you have a support system, you have teammates um, and things like that. So that's kind of the way that it's pan out for me. Um, how about you, Benny? What sort of adversity have you faced this year? For me, it has not been so much adversity um, as as much as it has been showing me that I, I've gotten things that I wish I would have had previously that I thought if I only had this thing, then everything would be so much easier. So Previously, I was in a difficult relationship, and I thought if I if I'm single again, then I'll be the language learner I was supposed to be. If I uh, like previously traveling and working on writing the books uh, filled up my day. I've never worked so hard in my life, and I thought if I don't have these things, I'll have the time that I'll be able to invest better into learning languages and other projects. And ultimately, I think for a lot of us during the last two years, we have had that time and we've realized that uh, it's not necessarily the solution to our problems. And if anything, if I think back on this last year, the periods where I was getting the most done, both in language learning and in various other personal projects, including, like you mentioned, uh, physical health and eating better, it's always been when I've been actually busier. And when I've been on the road and moving around, and I think that that's kind of shown me that I kind of, for a long time, waited until the uh, the challenges in my life maybe weren't there and things would be easier. And this has shown me that it's not the case. Like if I have a base, a house to myself, if I have a, a full library of books, if I have a lot more free time because I'm not traveling and I'm in one city, that I would get all these things done that I wanted to get done. And that's just not the case. So I think I'm going to take that with me as I go on the road. And I'm not going to uh, have this grass is always greener on the other side mentality that other people who don't have to deal with the logistics I have to deal with or something that they have it easier than me or something. And it's been, it has been eye opening. And I, I'm trying to get into the, I'm like, I'm not even trying to get into routines right now. I'm trying to have a mindset of when I'm on the road and moving, what can I start that is sustainable? And I'm going to start, try to view, do a few things. I'm going to fail. And eventually I'll get something that is somewhat working, even though ideally I would be better at it or I would have more time. Um, but that time was just going to get used up for something else uh, eventually. So it's it's kind of shown me that it has been a, an interesting learning process because I came from a life of pure travels. And then these last years, and then especially most recent years, I've had the comforts of the set life and the flexibilities that you tend to have. And uh, that's changed my perspective a lot. I think you touched on something really important here. It's so, it's, it's a trap we often fall into where we think 
if I just had this thing, if I had just had more time, if I could just go back to the life that I had, like if my life could be like it was before, then I'll be able to do this thing in this way. And that's often not true. Even if we went back to exactly the way that we were before, we're in a different place in our lives. And so the ways that we're going to operate are going to be different because, you know, it may not seem like it. We may feel like the same person, but we aren't necessarily. And so, like you said, it's just important to find something and do that thing. Like just build from there. You're going to rebuild, but it's like important to rebuild in a way that's sustainable. And I think it's it that that's where it is. It's it's building from where you're at today. And like, don't worry about not having enough time. Don't worry about like all of these different things. Find something that fits into what you're doing and where you're at now and do it piece by piece until you find something that fits really well into your life, where it is now, whatever you're doing, wherever you are. And that'll be something that gets you through and gets you going. Because if you're waiting for the right moment or to have the time or to have this particular thing, like the money to travel or the, you know, this one course book or whatever it is that you're waiting on, that thing's never going to get there. And then when it does get there, there's going to be something else that you're waiting on or stuck on or blocked by um, because it's just the nature of, of life. <laughs> it, there's never not something it's, you may think, okay, once I get past this stage or once this project's off my plate, or, you know, once my kids are in college and they're not in the house anymore, or once this, once that. And like you said, that there'll be something to fill that space. And wh whether it's it happens naturally or we kind of space out and we, we fill it ourselves and go, whoops, there went that time. You know, it's just it that isn't something that we control can can control. But what we can control is what we do with what we have resource wise, whether that's time or things or whatever it is. Very well said. Yeah. And in terms of, I guess, the, the last point would be how are, we're seeing the next year going. Uh, for me, it's going to be extraordinarily unpredictable. And I kind of like that. It works with my personality. I, I thrive in chaotic environments. And I am looking forward to the challenges that I'm going to have by going through different countries again. And uh, it's obviously going to be very different to how it was in my 20s. I don't know how I'm going to adjust to that in terms of energy levels and if I have the same drive to be constantly going out and meeting people. And that is going to be an interesting part of the challenge. But I I have no idea how, how my next year is going to look. And I, after Brazil, I haven't even decided which hemisphere I'm going to be on or anything like that. So I have a, a very open-ended next year. But uh, what about yourself? Do you have any uh, specific things in mind for how you see your next year going? I think this next year, one of the things that I want to do is really start to switch my focus towards supporting my kids' language developments. They're both school age now, which means it's more than just input at home. Like I can actually get them course books, put them in classes um, and, and have them be a little bit more engaged in their own learning so that it's not just like something that they learn at home. It's like something that they're actually educated in, which is as important to me as them knowing it. Cause it's like, you know, Benny, there's like being conversational in a language and especially with heritage languages, like where it's something that you hear at home, like you're okay in it, you can have conversations, but like you would never be able to do it academically. And like, you know, to really set my kids up for success them having that more kind of academic um, schooling background in their languages is going to help them in the future for if they do decide to do something where they need like um, some sort of certification or a degree or to move and operate in one of those other countries that are open to them because they they speak these languages. So I think that they're at a really good age where 
their language study needs to be more than me talking to them and them playing games or watching little Pim on their tablets. It needs to be a little bit more structured. And so I think that that's something that I'm going to explore a lot more this year. Excellent stuff. Well, this has been a nice little check in. I hope people have appreciated that. It'll give them context on how, uh, how we're doing as we go ahead with all the interviews. And um, yeah, uh, there's just as a, a little once off uh, with me and Shannon, and you'll also be hearing from uh, Shannon and Elizabeth. And uh, one thing I do want to mention, I give you guys a little bit of a heads up. We've got a, a very interesting new twist to the podcast where we are going to have expanded episodes uh, that we're going to be doing just for people on Patreon. Or we're keeping our main episodes exactly the same, so we're not taking anything from it. But we've uh, added some new questions and given our guests a chance to interview us. And uh, I'm really, really excited to launch that. So that's going to be uh, coming to you in, in a bit of time. So look out for that episode very, very soon. And uh, I'll tell you a bit more about how that's going to work. But uh, otherwise, thanks for listening in to Shannon and I's little catch up today. Until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pascoe, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and happy language learning.